Welcome to After Pulse, the extra podcast from the host of the Community Pulse. Let's hear what your hosts are talking about in this episode. That was a really good episode. There it is. Yes. (laughs) That was a really 50th episode. No, we should have Wesley say that. We should. So it was the best one I've ever been officially on um, so far. There you Um, go. It's true. It's true. So it was good for On me. that note, seriously, though, welcome to the team, Wesley. It was great yeah. having you on this episode. It was awesome having you be officially part of the team. We're glad to have you. Felt good. I'm glad that I was able to find how to jump in there when I could. I, I really don't want to just didn't want to talk over the hosts. I mean, I mean the, in, the, in the some ways, because people don't get to hear what we talk about before we record the episode. But in some ways, like we kind of set that as your as your OKR, like, your job is to figure out how you're going to jump in and make an impact on this podcast. We're not going to tell you, but we know you have the tools to do it, but you go for it. There's, there's and, an art to it. And there's it's like an jumping, it. it's like jumping so on a moving merry-go-round too. And it's like already spun and you're just trying to land, like you just can't find the right way to get in there. Even if you're doing the raise your hand or right, right. hand signals, like it's hard to, and the first it. few times it hurts until you get it down. And, and so exactly. Like Just like setting OKRs. I, it's a process. I no idea what <laughs> merry-go-rounds you people wrote as children. Um, but no, I I agree. I, I, it's tough. It, it's, you know, I think it's interesting because we had two very unique perspectives. Uh, Patrick seemed to be, we were talking about this a little bit. Patrick seemed to be very much starting out and saying, all right, well, I don't, I understand what OKRs are. How do they apply to my space? And Donovan Oddly, like, kind of started to like, he's like, I know what OKRs are. I don't know why they're telling me what they think they should be. Let's have a discussion about what they should be and move from there. Um, I know that in my experience, and I wanted to bring this up, but we kind of ran low on time. Uh, a lot of times I will, I will start to engage with a client or a customer, uh, someone who comes to Deverlate brand new and says, you know, hey, we have these OKRs for you. And I'm like, I've had no input. I don't even know what your product is yet. Um, I don't know what it is you'd like me to talk about or, or engage. I don't know what community you're trying to build. Um, how do you already want me to write five blog posts about something that I don't know about yet? That's, and, and that's not unusual. I mean, that, I think that's true of anybody who starts a new DevRel position. Um, and I know people that have, had, have started new, new positions and been like, right, here's your KPIs, here's your OKRs, here's the North Star. We're not going to explain to you why any of this shit works together or how it works together or why it is what it is. But good luck. You're new here. Uh, don't screw it up or we'll fire you. And not even that you don't know how, you know, what it is you're supposed to write about or don't know the tech or don't know, you know, you're just getting started. But you, because you weren't involved with the creation of the OKRs and understanding the context of how they help, like, move the needle for, you know, other OKRs that are, you know, part of teams that are above you. You know, you can't just all be going off and doing things that you think are making an impact. It actually needs to be tied to something so that it's like this, you know, the fulcrum type of thing. Like if you can't push it by yourself, but if you get just the right leverage and, and tool, like you can do a lot of things, but you got to align everything just right um, to make a big and, impact. And until then you're Sisyphus, like you're, you're just pushing a rock <laughs> uphill and you're never going to get there. Yeah. Well, also liked- like, it's good. Jumping in here, uh, <laughs> well the, the 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 people that have to have the buy-in, I think, really do need to understand everything because when it hits the fan or things change, then people don't feel like whipsawed 
by changing your approach. Everyone should know why and, um, and it should be very clear. And also when you don't explain things, uh, what you're doing is cutting off that resource where someone might have a better way of implementing it or something that uh, should also be taken into account uh, of that, that wasn't missed. I mean, that was missed or it was a glaring hole in the whole strategy. And so when you don't explain the reasoning behind that, if everyone involved, you're just making it a, a top down, we're going to do this instead of everyone joining in and pushing the same boulder up the hill. Um, everyone's just like, okay, well, I'll do my little part, check my box and be done with it. Right. And I loved that distinction between tactics and key results, right? Because that's, that's something I've been struggling with, like, Full disclosure, I've been struggling with that with my team, partly because this is the first company, Kamuda is the first place that I've ever been at that has team OKRs. And so as a manager and jumping in two weeks before the start of Q1 and going, I need to build OKRs for my team. Okay, hang on. How do I do all of this? Like we've tended to be more on the cool. Here's the overarching goals for the for the year. Here's the the tactics that we're taking to then push that overarching goal forward for the entire year, rather than saying like, here's, here's the goals that contribute toward that overarching goal. Here's the, the things, the whys that we're doing this. Here's the success that we're doing this to perpetuate these other things. And so it's, it, I, I think I'm not alone in, or now I know I'm not alone in the, like, um, it turns out sometimes looking more like a task board or a like to-do list than actual goal setting and initiatives that you're, you're working toward. Right. And I, I think that's the, I think this is, I think some of the trouble with OKRs and KPIs is some of it is, is the language. And I think that Donovan made it super clear. And if everyone I'd ever worked with had made stuff like that as clear as he did, I would, I would applaud them and say they were great managers, which I'm sure Jason does every day. I'm sure he wakes up and he's like, Donovan. I would just take a video of myself and email it to him every morning. But like in all seriousness, like I think a lot of times it's, it's like we kind of said in the beginning of the episode, you walk in and they're like, cool, 50 events this year. Okay. But why? Just do it. Um, and I even why? think that's true. Like with the OK, OKR system and yeah, you should keep asking why, but there's also like, you know, when you join a new place or you're becoming part of a new team, there's, you know, maybe more people there, who are, who've been hanging out for the first two quarters of the year at this point, who already know the whys and have internalized the whys and don't understand how to communicate the whys. Like kind of in the way that Donovan was like, I always have, you know, our goal and our mission statement in the signature of my email. Oh, cool. What is it? He couldn't remember. He's internalized it so much, which is a good thing, but he couldn't verbalize it, which is a bad thing. Not to shit on Donovan, but like, that's that's sometimes I think the 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 horrible balance of OKRs is like that's great you have them and it, most people understand why but can you explain why to anybody who walks through that door? Yeah, and it's really important. To, I think I'm glad we we pointed out like the tactics, like the language of tactics, because I think a lot of times we confuse or conflate tactics with you know the results and and ha and the different metrics and uh, I mean even there, there's so many different things that fall into the category of content, you know, like a big part of what we do is creating content, but you know, what counts as content, a tweet. And you know what I can drive people to docs with easier than I can a, a blog post that I spent all day, a tweet. And um, you know what else can like, the, the, so 
well, I was going to say like, it's not just, and that's just me and my tiny little account. Like I could get, I could like reach out to Donovan or anybody who has, you know, a whole bunch more followers and a lot more influence and just get them to retweet me. And I can hit those numbers. I can hit like people clicking on something, but it doesn't necessarily help us in the big picture. In fact, I probably spent too much time, you know, on something that didn't help us at all. So it's just something that I think that it's real important to distinguish, you know, if we're going to go to events, if we're going to write X number of blog posts, if we're even going to like say, well, I'm going to try to, you know, do podcasts, like whatever it is, that it it has some sort of an alignment with what your boss's goals are, what their, what their boss's goals are, like all the way up, even if you're in a small company, like, you know, like I was previously where I can only go so far when I'm talking to the CEO, like what I'm doing at an event should align with what the CEO is trying to do for the company too. And I'm real glad what we distinguished that. Yeah. I think and I what think people tend to do, sorry, I'm go stepping on you again, <laughs> is mimicking. They're like, this is what other people are doing. So we're just going to do it. Like I see a McDonald's, so I'm going to put a Burger King across the street from it. Uh, I see a Pete's Coffee, so I'm going to put a Starbucks over there where they're just real, just like saying, well, they must have done the work. So I'm just going to skate off that and, and just mimic what they're doing without doing like running it up to just figure out how to create their own success. Because like in DevRel, and it, let's just be honest, we're all figuring it out. Um, so just saying like they have done it. And so I'm just going to do what they do is, is I'm not going to call it lazy because it is a tactic. I mean, a way of going about things, but uh, you're, you're not going to be able to explore all the new ways of how you could be effective by just copying what everyone else is doing. And at the end of the day, you're doing a disservice to your specific community because your specific community has specific needs is going to respond to different things might not respond to McDonald's, but they might respond to Burger King. I don't know. I'm running with the example there. Um, but like figure doing the research to Wesley's point that, you know, hey, what works for my community? What are the gaps in my content that our company is producing? What are the gaps in the onboarding? How does this work for me? How does it work for other people? What are other teams trying? And then asking the why and putting that in the same framework as if your boss came down and said, hey, go do this thing. Like, does that actually make sense with what we're trying to accomplish? What's the way that we can track success? How do we know whether or not that was an effective way to reach our community? And so I think one of the most valuable things you can do as you're creating OKRs is have that framework of just like two or three questions of just like, cool, do we know why we're doing this? Do we know how to track success? Do we know what we're going to do next if this fails so that you can pivot quickly so that, you know, hey, cool, we can't do in-person conferences this year, great, let's pivot. What are we doing instead? Let's do live streaming and learn.tv and pivot to online instead. And you can pick up and keep going without it having to be a like push pause, everyone take a break for a week and a half because no one knows what they're doing anymore. Let's come back around. Like, nope, I've got you know a whole backlog of things. We just picked this one up first. We pulled this lever first. Turns out it didn't work, no problem. The last thing you said there is like one of the, the most key important things. Understand these things might not work. They might fail and that's okay. Absolutely. Tactics fail all the time. Um, it's true in, in, in everything, you know, whether you're talking business, the military, whatever. Tactic, people make mistakes. Things are going to go wrong. Things are going to be poorly measured. 
Um, and, you know, that's, especially when we're talking about tactics, you know, like one of the tactics, do X number of events. Well, okay, that was a terrible metric um, and it doesn't work this year. So are we able to say, okay, well, yeah, well, we said do 25 and you did two because that's the number of months you are capable of doing things. Awesome. Uh, we're going to move on. We're just going to roll over and, and, and do something else because our actual goal is reach 150,000 people. And that's one of the reasons why I tell people consistently, like, I don't, I don't want to know your work output necessarily. Like, I'm not going to tell my boss who's our CTO or our CEO, you know, we're planning on writing five blog posts this quarter. Like that is not content I'm passing along to them. What I'm passing along to them is how many developers are reaching, what types of gaps in content we're filling within the company, both for our coworkers and for the community how we're supporting other teams, right? It's those higher level things that then of course break down into online communities or live streaming or blog posts or tutorials or many other things. But that that work output of, I checked this many boxes, like, no, I mean, do that thing, yes. Well, and this is how, this is how- um, company information. This is how you kind of get into the, the weeds of things. I, I brought up, I can't remember the title of the book, but I'll look it up. Um, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes for the after pulse, but there's a book that talks about how the more metrics, the more, the more metrics you put on things, the more likely those metrics are going to become lies. Um, the more there's going to be a fudge factor. And, and the example they used was a television show, the wire, um, where they started showing like in order to make it look like there was less crime in the city of Baltimore, they started putting people down for misdemeanors instead of felonies. Now that was a TV show, but it was based on a real thing that they did in the city of Baltimore. Um, so there were less, they're like, well, look, crime's going down. Well, but is it? If you're giving somebody like a moving violation instead of giving them a drug trafficking ticket, there's still drugs being trafficked. You just didn't actually charge them with the correct thing. Um, and that's that's like, you know, the gamification of metrics. And this is the negative side of, of metrics versus tactics versus... Okay. I think the main good thing like about metrics is and something that did come up was uh, that our willingness to scrap them and change plans fast, faster, you know, instead of like setting them quarterly, we look at them now maybe more monthly or, or even more. And I, you know, I, I think I've used this metaphor somewhere in a blog post of it's, it's a lot like, you know, driving someplace. You're not going to get there without taking a glance at a couple of things on your dashboard or your, you know, GPS on your phone or whatever. And those are th those things, those measurements of RPMs and engines and, you know, take a left here. Those are, those are things intended to help you get to a place, but they're still just a measurement of a point in time. And they may not be, uh, you know, because I was going to 45 miles an hour at one point in time doesn't mean it's somehow reflective of the entire drive. Um, so there's just, you know, metrics are kind of what you want them to be in a lot of cases. And so I think it's it's important to, to be willing to, to see them as just temporary. We're going to do this maybe as an experiment and, and we're not going to hold our feet to the fire if this doesn't seem like it's really helping the greater good. You know, maybe I love live streaming and I'm willing to like shift gears and do it every single day. Honestly, if I can't make an argument that it doesn't align with what my team's trying to do and what the team's trying to do doesn't align with what the next, you know, part of our org is trying to do, then I'm, you know, I shouldn't be streaming. I should do something else that helps, helps that. Right. Like, but, but you're lucky enough that you work for an organization that was willing to give you kind of enough leeway to give it a shot. Definitely. Definitely, given the freedom to experiment is a huge part of it. 
That's the one thing I was going to say is if you are a single person DevRel team at a relatively new company or a small company, like that's a conversation you have to sit down and have with your manager, right? Because you, if, if your manager doesn't understand the value of DevRel and you come in and go, Hey, for the next month, I'm going to be focusing on live streaming. They're going to go cool. And at the end of that month, if you go, Hey, now I'm writing blog posts, like you got to have those conversations. You got to keep them in the loop around like, by the way, I'm doing live streaming because I'm testing this and this and this. Can we get more feedback from our audience? Can I engage more with people who are using our software? Can I generate more awareness for these specific things at the end of the month or better yet on a weekly basis? Like, hey, here's my here's my progress. Here's where I'm leaning of whether or not I'm going to continue this down the road. And then at the end of that time, you sit down and go, hey, that didn't work. Here's the next thing I'm going to try, or let's talk about what you would like me to try next, or any of those open and honest conversations. And I think that's where transparency is super key, because at a smaller company, if you're continually changing tactics, you're going to have a lot of people around the company very confused about what you're actually doing and trying to accomplish, and also wondering why they should keep you around if you're not willing to see a project in their mind, see it through to the end. When in reality, like you're testing your metrics, you're seeing what story that tells, you're understanding whether or not it works and deciding whether or not to continue with it. And so you're doing the work, but you've right, got to be which transparent is, about that. Which is a standard that DevRel is held to much higher than other departments because other 100%. departments be like, oh, that marketing campaign didn't work. Oh, well, we'll try another one. Uh, it was like, well, this DevRel idea didn't work. Well, you're fired. Right. Oh, okay. Right. Well, that's But different. here's the thing then use that marketing campaign didn't work. We're pivoting and trying something different or we're experimenting with this or we're running an AB test. Like that's where all of the business terminology comes into play of like, take something that's already understood around the business. Say, Hey, I'm running an AB test. This month is test A, next month is test B, then we're going to see which one's worth continuing, right? Like use that terminology because then people start to go, oh, okay, you're changing tactics now because that one didn't work rather than you having to be the one continuously amplifying that work that you're doing. I think everyone's job should be like, try not to have any surprises. Like make sure you communicate, this is what I want to do. This is why I'm doing this. And then this this could happen, this could fail. And we're if it does, we're going to learn all this stuff. So Try to keep people from being surprised. And if that's your role, most likely you'll are heading the right direction. Well, that, that makes one wonder is if, if, if people, if humans were so much better at communication, then maybe we wouldn't need things like OKRs. <laughs> well, and, and I think that communication is, is like the key part. Does it come down from the top like it should? Because it, you know, as, mu as much like freedom as we might be given to come up with our own uh, tactics and our own key, you know, measuring results or whatever, um, if I can't like sit down and explain to you how the work I'm doing aligns to what Satya says, or maybe not Satya, but you know, somewhere in between one of the other VPs or CVPs, then, you know, it, I'm not able to make an argument that what I'm doing is even part of an experiment. You know, it's just like, are you just doing this for fun? Because you, you know, like, so it, it shouldn't be that hard to, as long as you are having good communication from, from leadership, and you have that visibility into what their mission is, what their vision is, what their goals and what, cause they'll set their own objectives. And then it's just like, well, what can I do to assist their objectives? I mean, that's all it is, you know? And so, and I can, and I've got like a clean slate on all types of ways I could do that. And it might be just one or the other and I'll do some maybe testing. Maybe it's a shotgun approach and I still measure to see what's doing what, but uh, 
you still, you know, I think as long as you're hooked in with what the greater goals are, it's not, it's, it's not that hard to say, well, this is, this is what we're going to try and then we'll measure it and try something else if that didn't. Absolutely. So two, two main takeaways that I'm hearing. One is always make sure that the things you're doing contribute to the company goals. And the second is be transparent about your work, including your failures. As well and as third the is communicate, well. communicate, 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 communicate. Yes. yes. Clearly and concisely. Do not muddle your words. And often. Yes. And on that note, I think that's the after pulse. Thanks everybody for joining us and we'll see you for the next episode. This has been another episode of After Pulse with Mary Thankful at Mary underscore Grace on Twitter. Jason Hand at Jason Hand on Twitter. PJ Haggerty at Asplenic on Twitter. SJ Morris at Sarah Jane Morris on Twitter. And Wesley Faulkner at Wesley83 on Twitter. Learn more at communitypulse.io or at community underscore pulse on Twitter. We'll see you next time.